Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 735. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Carter Kelly Kramer. Hey, Carter, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Let's put the pedal to the metal. All right, good to go. Carter Kelly Kramer is an automotive photographer and a manager at Collector's Car Garage, with locations in Chicago and New York. There he handles sales and marketing for the company. Collector's Car Garage is a place where members store their cars in a state-of-the-art facility designed for preservation of their special vehicles. They offer a concierge service, in-house detailing, events, sales, and mostly a country club-type environment for car people. Previously, Carter was the marketing manager at Miller Motorcars, a high-end dealership in Connecticut. His passion for cars runs deep with a specific passion for vintage automobiles. And you'll find a great story and video about Carter on Petrolicious, titled Carved Pumpkin, where he tells a story about his 1976 BMW 2002, a car that he built for himself. So, Carter, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles. Absolutely, Mark. Thank you so much for having me on today. You're welcome. Yeah, so I started off loving cars ever since I was born. I guess my mom knew I was go- going to love cars, hence she named me Carter. <laughs> However, I loved vintage cars since before I could drive. A family friend of mine has a collection of about 30 cars, and I used to see the cars all the time coming in and out of uh, a a club I belong to in New York. And uh, one summer when I was 15, I was invited over to a to a rally at his house, a vintage car rally. And it was there. I knew I was I said to myself, I was like, this is this is awesome. I I love the people, the, uh, the, the cars and the social aspect around the vintage cars. Well, you're in good company here, Carter, because, of course, here at Cars, yeah, we are all about cars. My goodness, you're my 735th guest now, so there's a whole plethora of alumni, which you're now a member of, of Cars, yeah, past guests that just love cars, so you're in great company. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of a saying that's been instrumental in your life, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah. So, Carter, take the wheel. Yeah, so I would say a quote or mantra that's good uh, that I always keep in mind is do something you love. And in my case, working with cars is something that I love. And when I go into work every day, it honestly really doesn't feel like work. You, I show up a couple hours early, leave a couple hours late because that's how much I love uh, working around the cars and being around the cars. You know, that's the secret sauce to life, and you figured it out at a young age. A lot of people go through many, many years, decades of a career, just waiting until they can do what they want in retirement or weekends when, you know what? 
Carter's figured it out, and the past 734 guests have figured it out. You can actually work in your field of passion, which is fantastic, and that's exactly what you do. Before I get to the next question, tell me a little bit more about the company that you're involved with right now, Collector's Car Garage, because you guys have a really cool website. I mean, it's just it's really fun to go through. Yeah, well, so CCG was started in 2005 by my friend James and his father, it was an idea from his uh, his dad had a couple of buddies. They used to store their cars in a warehouse in Connecticut, and they said to themselves, wouldn't this be great if we could turn this into a uh, business for other people to bring their cars in and store them with us? Mm-hmm. So CCG was opened in 2005, and two years ago, we opened up CCG Chicago. And uh, how the facility works is it's a month-to-month storage facility constant 70 degrees, fully alarmed. All the cars are kept on trickle chargers. In our Bedford facility, we have close to 400 cars. Wow. And about and about 150 motorcycles, anything ranging from Ferraris to we have some really crazy, crazy stuff in, in the facility. And it's awesome to be around it every day. Oh, my gosh. This is so cool. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about that as we move through. Yeah, absolutely. But first, I'd love for you to share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars. Now, you may have already given it up. You talked about that friend who had a collection of 30 or so cars, and that seemed like something that kind of tipped you over the edge. But is there a pivotal moment when you were a young man that you realized that you indeed were a car guy? Yeah, I would say... um when I was 14, I was fortunate enough to go to go for a ride in a friend's Ferrari. And although it was a modern day car, just the sound, the speed and the excitement from the car, like I was totally hooked. Be, be, before that, I always loved cars. However, after that moment, I was obsessed with cars. Uh, yeah, a Ferrari. What a way to start your passion. Yeah. What model was that Ferrari? It was a F430, but it was a really cool uh, spec on it. It was like a blood red with the Koyo interior and the 360 Challenge wheels on it. It was just a beautiful car. Oh man! And it it, it, it was awesome. He had a full uh, he had a full exhaust on it, and it was just it, it was definitely a very cool moment for a 14 year old <laughs> who was about to get his license. Talk about being imprinted! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, definitely the way to go. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, Carter, what I want to do is talk a little bit about either a big challenge or a big failure that you face along the way. You're still a young guy, but I'm sure you've encountered a few things, but maybe kind of- Oh, plenty. Yeah, kind of take (laughs) us through maybe one of those things. And more importantly, what did it teach you and what did you learn from it? Yeah, so, I mean, I've had plenty of experiences of, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you later on about my BMW, but something recently was I bought a- 1973 International Harvester fire truck. It was an ex California brush truck. Wow. And I thought it was the coolest thing. I bought it in California and I live in New York. However, I should have figured out how much it was going to be to ship it before I committed to buying it. And when I bought it, the shipping was way more than the price of the fire truck. So can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. So you definitely want to always have like, always be lined up and know how much a vehicle is going to cost before you even commit to buying it. Yeah. You should always have a PPI. I can't stress it enough. Get the PPI. It's worth the $150. It can save you thousands and thousands of dollars down the road. You know, uh, the PPI is another thing that's great about that because some people go, well, 
I'm going to probably buy the car anyway, so it's a waste. But it can kind of give you a nice reference of what you're going to have to do when the car shows up. Because I I tell you, if you're buying a collector car, there's going to be always be something that it's going to need when you get it. Uh, But you're right. The saving yourself money. I've, I've known so many friends that have bought cars on eBay. I bought cars on eBay, motorcycles. And when they get there, you go, is this the same car that was in the pictures? Oh. Holy cow. That's the other thing is when I do photography for a car listing, I refuse to use Photoshop because I want to present the car as real as it is, show the imperfections, so show if it has a ding here, a scratch here. I don't want to hide anything from a client because all that's going to do is upset someone and I, I not, and I don't want to do that. I want to ha- have a happy customer. Yeah, great ethics for sure. Well, the fire truck story. Now, how has that ended? Did you end up getting the fire truck? So I, I, I ended up, uh, I shouldn't have done it, but I got the fire truck. I had it trucked all the way back to New York and I drove it around for a little while and I should have realized how the gearing in a fire truck is. <laughs> yes. That it, it wouldn't go above 45 miles an hour, yeah. even if maybe falling off a cliff, it would hit 50. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I ended up selling it. And honestly, I was lucky just to get out of it. However, it was pretty cool to, to go drive around town in a fire truck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, fire trucks are designed for going up <laughs> steep hills through brush, exactly. not not going on tours on nice windy roads or anything. So, exactly. Yeah, I think you got a little of that uh, stardust mist in your eyes when you were looking at that one on eBay. It's all yeah, it's that. happened to all of us, Carter. Don't worry about it. Oh yeah. It. Oh yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I have a, a running joke with a few of my friends. They'll uh, text me and the code is, is the doctor in, which is code for, I'm thinking about buying a car. Talk me out of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am a frequent shopper for cars on Craigslist. If I see a good deal, I sometimes have an issue and I have to go out and get it. It's just, or eBay. <laughs> I, I, I have too many cars, but it's a definitely a fun sickness to have yeah that evil guy randy who has that thing called bring a trailer uh oh oh yeah he teases us all he's been a past guest here on cars yeah and bring uh, a trailer i love bring a trailer i actually sold a car uh, two months ago on bring a trailer it was a beck spider oh i had one of those yeah oh awesome car yeah really cool tons of fun very uh and a great value yeah, yeah. Mine was very special. It was built by John Wilhoyt, who's been a guest here on Cars. Yeah, he builds very, very nice 356 and early 911 Porsches. Cool. And he built the car with all Porsche parts, except for the tube and the body. It speedster seats, Porsche gauges, even a Porsche steering wheel, five lug wheels. It was a beautiful, beautiful car. And my son and I flew to Long Beach, California. When my son Blake was only eight years old, we spent five days driving it up the coast. And it was a great car, not very practical for here in the Northwest where it no, rains all yeah. the time. I kind of missed that car, and my son has never forgiven me for selling it. So uh, <laughs> oh, he's rolling Maybe his time for another. Well, uh, it'd be hard <laughs> to beat that one, I'll tell you. And if- well, how about aha moments? Let's shift gears and go to the other end. Is there a career aha moment when you kind of went, ah, this is the path I need to drive down? Pretty much when I realized that I could not only enjoy the automotive industry, but I realized that I can make money doing it. But I feel that the biggest problem in the industry is that when people only look at the cars for the money, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to think of it that way. I don't want to think of only as cars as a just as like a bank account, because I think people are driving up the prices of the cars and it's uh, kind of hurting 
all the enthusiasts being able to get these cars in their hands because now they're so expensive. Look at all the air-cooled 911s. That's why my aha moment was when I realized I can turn my passion into a career. Yeah. And when I go to work every day, I realize that I am doing what I love and it's really, it doesn't almost, it almost doesn't feel like work. Uh, well, that's the way life should be. So <laughs> again, you, you figured it out at a young age. So kudos to you. And I would agree with you. This is a topic that's near and dear to my heart and a lot of us enthusiasts because I know a lot of people in the industry. They're people that do a lot of um, selling of cars. Auctioneers have been on the show here at Cars. Yeah, evaluators. And I think the speculators have really driven the price up and that rising tide uh, brings up all boats, as they say. So when you look at yeah. cars that you and I used to be able to go and buy and enjoy, Joy. Now they're just, they're ridiculously expensive, or they're so expensive if you can buy them, you're afraid to drive them unless you're ultra rich and it doesn't matter. Or you can just, you know, work on them all the time. So I, I think it is kind of a sad state of affairs. And what can you do about it? Not much. I guess the smartest thing exactly. of what I always hear is if you're going to buy a car, buy it because you love it, not because you think it's going to be worth more, unless you're in the business. And then that's your business. That 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 is the best advice. You know, yeah. I won't tell someone to buy a car unless they look at the car and makes them smile and it's not going to put them in a it, it's not going to strain their them and put them in a bad financial situation. Right. Yeah, cuz we all yeah. know that the market can have bubbles and it can turn on you faster than you oh, can yeah. unload a car and if you get stuck with a car, you might as well be stuck with one that you can enjoy and drive and not worry so much about the diminished value if that happens. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you there, Carter, for sure. Yeah, it's like everyone's saying, I mean, how long is the air-cooled 911 bubble going to last? I mean, I would have never thought that these late 90s 993 Porsches would be going for over 100,000, <laughs> close know. to 200,000. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I always thought of those cars as just a cool, affordable yeah. uh, entry into air-cooled 911 territory. However, now they're, they're, they're going crazy. I know. I had one myself. I had a C4S, and uh, it was a daily driver, and I actually made a little money when I sold it, but this was over 10 years ago when you could pick one of those up for thirty, thirty-five thousand bucks. 35000 so, Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Uh, well, we'll move on from those painful moments right. in time. Yeah. How about a proudest career moment? I would assume you've had a few of those, but is there one you would share with us? Well, my proudest moment yet, because I'm still young and I don't know, I, I haven't been doing this for that long was when I was featured on the Petrolicious video yeah. and it received, it's actually the third most viewed video or third or fourth most viewed video on Petrolicious. Oh it my over, gosh. It has over a million views and it was on Jalopnik. It was on Car and Driver. It was on a ton of different websites and it was just so cool being, first of all, seeing my face on on Petrolicious. And second of all, it was very cool because I got a lot of messages from people saying that the video inspired them to go out and get a 2002. Nice. Or go out and get a vintage car and they're going to try and do the same thing. 
Yeah. Wow. You know, I saw your video when it first came out and I watched it again this morning because I knew we were going to be talking today. And I'll make sure I put a link to it on your Cars Yeah show notes page for those those people that haven't seen it. But yeah, you did an awesome job. And I think what struck a chord in people and my goodness, a million views. Holy cow. Too bad you didn't get a nickel for every one of those, right? Um, Yeah. (laughs) But I think what what stood out to me is the genuality of you and who you were. A young man, you went out and bought something that needed a lot of work. You did all the work and it's a it's a really heartwarming story so i won't give away all the stuff here i'll just let people go and watch it really worth your time to go watch uh, carter's video it's really really fun carved pumpkin as they called that which is great because the car is that wonderful is it inca orange is that what they call it yeah inca orange okay yeah i thought i got that color right very cool well let's have a little bit of fun and maybe we just answer the question to this one what was your first really special car and maybe share a memory with that vehicle Yeah, it was definitely my 2002 because that was my first car I got when I was 16. I saved up the money and my dad helped me out a little bit to get it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I wasn't in a position to go lease or finance a Subaru or a new three series. So I said to myself, I want something that was different. I want something that stood out against all of my friends. So I thought, why don't I get a inexpensive vintage car. I really doubt the other kids in high school are going to have vintage BMWs. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> so, yeah. So I got the car and it, it was definitely uh, it was definitely different. And it the amount of things it taught me and the amount of people that it introduced me to was ju- is just unbelievable. Yeah. It's just like that car really helped uh, honestly made my career in the automotive I- industry because so many people know me for that car. Yeah, you know, it's really, again, it's a heartwarming story. When I was in high school in the 70s, I bought a Carmen Ghia, 67 Carmen Ghia. And it was in pretty good shape. It wasn't as rough as your 2002 was, but it needed a few things. And I did the same thing, ripped it all apart. I painted it a Porsche color because it was my poor man's Porsche. I couldn't afford a Porsche when I was in high school, but I could afford a Carmen Ghia. Beefed up the engine, built it up to like a 2110cc engine with dual dual carbs. And I even put some real really cool uh, deep set wheels on it but it was kind of my pride and joy but yeah it's the people i met everything from the guy that i borrowed the spray gun so i could spray it with and the guy who helped me with the engine build and uh took it down and had the seats recovered and stuff yeah you meet a lot of cool people but yeah but that was exactly my situation you know i needed help with the engine so i went and met frank and santo at dominic's Oh, Dominic's. Yeah. Okay. So Dominic's European car repair in North White Plains, they were the ones who really took me under their wing and showed me the proper way to fix the car and showed me not to cut corners. Because before that, I would always just put one bolt back instead of three. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't focusing. I wasn't paying attention. They really taught me that, look, you need to be patient. Yeah. You need to take your time. And these things don't happen overnight. And the other thing that was great is the BMW 2002 community on Facebook, it is over 10,000 members. Yeah. So if I had an issue if, or if I was looking for a part, you go on there and you ask for the part. And sometimes people would even send you the part for free just to help you out. It, yeah. There's such a strong community in the BMW world. And so, same with the Porsche and a ton of other vintage cars. 
there's a great following on forums, Facebook groups, everything like that. Yeah, it's a wonderful community, and it really is about the people. The cars are just the the vehicle to take us and bring us all together. Oh, yeah. It's a great story. And again, listeners, go watch the video. I'll put a link on our show notes page at Cars Yeah. It's a really heartwarming video and very, very cool. Now, how about a car that you've owned to let go? Is there one that you wish you had back? One I wish I had back, I had a 1985 E30. It's a four-door E30, so that's kind of like the uh, ugly duckling. (laughs) However, that was the car I got. I traded someone my 2002 when I sold it to go to college. I got an E30, and he gave me a little bit of money. And then eventually I bought the 2002 back, and that's the whole story. But the E30 that I got, it was just so much fun. It had a manual sunroof. It was just – it was slow, but you could drive it really hard. And it was just a ton of fun. And it was a five-speed, but it had the same engine as the 2002. It had the M10, except it had a Bosch fuel inject injection system on it. So mm-hmm. it was definitely a fun little car. I hired an... Uh gentleman named Tim Willard worked for me for years, and he now works at Denison International. Butch Denison runs a beautiful, wonderful restoration facility here in the Northwest. Butch has been a guest on the show, and Tim drove an E30 BMW. I think it had close to like a million miles on it. It was incredible. Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, just a bulletproof car. I just remember he just drove and drove and drove and drove and drove that thing. Hopefully, I can get him on the show sometime in the future. He's a very talented guy when it comes to restoration work and all sorts of different things. So very cool. Well, let's come back to today. What has you excited and fired up with what you're working on today? Maybe you could talk a little bit more about Collector's Car Garage and uh, some of the things that you've got going on there. Yeah. So, I mean, besides CCG, I I also do a restore 2002s on the side. Oh, cool. So right now I'm finishing up a 1976 BMW 2002 in a pastel blue a beautiful non-metallic light blue, blue and so it's all new interior, new paint. It's really a stunning car, and that's going to be finished up with within a month or so, and I'm going to be selling that. And it's just I love how I can take what I learned from the orange car and transfer that onto other cars now, which and I can take all the mistakes I made on the orange car and not do that. On <laughs> Absolutely. All the, all the new cars. Yeah. But other things at CCG are, we are uh, packed over here in uh, Westchester, New York. We currently have a waiting list to get cars in. So that's great. We just received 24 inches of snow. So oh, everyone gosh, yeah. has their cars <laughs> over here, nice and bundled up in the heated garage. So everyone's happy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Again, I'll encourage people to uh, go to Carter's show notes page here on Cars. Yeah, I'll have links to his website and what they're doing over there. It's a really cool facility. I think it's great what you're doing. There's definitely a need for it for people who have too many cars and don't have a big enough garage. It's also great. It's also great because we're right next to uh, the train station. So people take the train up out, out, out of the city and drive their car in the country. Oh, wonderful. It's yeah. fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Carter. If you were a car, what kind of car would Carter be and why? I would say a Willys Jeep. Oh, okay. You're the first Willys Jeep here on Cars. Yeah, why Why a Willys Jeep? Well, because I feel that I, um, I never want to give up, even though I should give up sometimes. And a Jeep 
you know, you might get stuck, but you can always put it in four wheel drive and pull yourself out. Okay. And you can always keep going. Yeah. Ah. And, you know, I've been in some situations where I said to myself, maybe I shouldn't be doing this or maybe this is a bad idea. However, in the long run, usually it works out. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> well, you've got a bit of that entrepreneurial spirit of persistence and tenacity, which is definitely an asset. So uh, Willie's Jeep, I like that very much. Well, Carter, <laughs> up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right. 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Carter, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Always be honest and never cut corners. Ah, yes, absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success? Sure. I would say not giving up and always being persistent and looking at the finish line, even though it might be a long way away from the finish line. You will get there eventually in the terms of restoring a rusted out car or selling a car that might be a difficult sell. It might be a, a very strange color that might not be very desirable. However, in the end, you will find a buyer, you will find a seller, and you will 
be happy in the end. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Now, how about a resource? There's a lot of great resources out there, but is there one in particular you'd like to share? Yeah, I would definitely say a great website for anything to do with vintage BMWs. In my sense, BMW 2002s is the 2002 FAQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, BMW2002FAQ.com. They are fantastic. They always have great parts on there. And they're a very great, knowledgeable source for any 2002 enthusiast. Absolutely. Fantastic website. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? I would say James May. Oh, okay. He's the, it's the second <laughs> time somebody has mentioned him since I just started asking that question. What is it about James that uh, is intriguing to you? I just think he's very uh, – he loves the little details in things on like – I watch his, I just watched an episode of where he takes things apart and puts it back together. Mm-hmm. He's so knowledgeable when it comes to that stuff and he's he's like – I think for the three of them, he's always very sensible. I've always found him to be the funniest on, on the show in my opinion. You know, it's interesting with that show in the early days, he was almost kind of the outlier, the guy that was kind of like, what's he doing there? Well, yeah, he came in last. Richard and Jeremy were first, and then he came in, and like I think on the second season he came in. Yeah, but I do enjoy him. He he adds a different perspective to each show in many ways, and you know he's the one they kind of pick on from time to time. So uh, that's kind of makes it fun, and he takes it pretty well. So uh, I think that'd be an interesting uh, evening and a drink for sure. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? Yes, I do. I think um, Rob Siegel's book, Memoirs of a Hack Mechanic, it's <laughs> yeah. a story about him fixing up BMW 2002s and all his crazy BMW stories. He's a he's a really awesome guy, and he tells he has some really great stories to tell in the book. And he teaches you a little bit about fixing cars. Yeah, he does. He's been a guest here on Cars. Yeah, he's a funny, yeah. he's a funny guy. So, uh, oh you, yeah, you and he are Cars. Yeah, alumni, which is pretty cool. <laughs> well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources Carter's been so kind to share on his show notes page at CarsYeah.com/slash Carter Kelly Kramer. And if you just go there, you'll find all these links and again that video which you've got to watch about uh, his carved pumpkin if you will so pretty cool do you have a nickname for that car the pumpkin the pumpkin okay that's what everyone calls it when i take it to a car show they go oh look it's the pumpkin the pumpkin i think orange is such a cool 70s and 80s car color it really makes a like a like a 2002 and a silver black it's cool but I think they come in all those funky colors. You, yeah. you you might as well get something cool. Well, especially the 70s. Like, I love the Porsche Signal Orange. Oh, yeah. Tangerine is a wonderful color that Porsche did their old cars on. So Yeah, and just like my friend Richard, who does the RSR project, he's yes. been building these crazy Porsches in all these cool 70s colors. Is awesome. Yeah, Richard was on the show a couple days ago, and uh, oh yeah, I'd love to have him build me one of his magical oh, yeah. RSR cars, and I would definitely order that thing in either Signal, Orange, or Tangerine. I love that color. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, fantastic. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, Carter. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage, I'll buy anything you'd like. So don't worry about the cost because I'm going to foot the bill. What would that vehicle be? And more importantly. Why? I think it would either be my 2002 or it would be a 2002 TII because A, you can drive it every day. B, 
It's not very expensive to fix. I can go to the dealership and order parts. Any part I need, I can still go to the BMW dealership and order pretty much. Yeah. And it's just an all-around great car. Yeah, the TIIs were cool. Would you want one of the early uh, round taillight cars? You know what? I do love the roundies. However, I've honestly never owned a roundie. I've owned about seven 2002s now, and they've all been square tails. Uh-huh. And for some reason, they've all been 1976s. So <laughs> it's strange, I know, but I would probably go for a square tail TII. Yeah, I've got a good friend here in the Northwest, Douglas. He's got a beautiful 2002 as well. Square tail light. And uh, yeah, they're just wonderful cars. Uh, when I first met Douglas, we spent a lot of time on the track with the BMW Club. I had an E36 M3 at the time and he would go out there with his 2002 he also has a uh a e30 m3 in henerot, oh, cool. in henerot which is a cool color too and those have skyrocketed in yeah yeah it's been a great car for him to hang on to so he he drives his cars he was out there on the track i remember chasing him down in his uh 2002 so uh they're really fun cars well oh yeah i'll get to work and find you a tii i'm assuming you're going to want it to be inca orange again right? oh yes it needs to be orange <laughs> of course of course Well, Carter, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better, and I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Car Show listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you rip off down that road in your 2002 TII? Well, I would say if you want to get involved in the automotive industry, you need to be honest. You need to look out for the clients and make sure that it's going to be in their best interest. And you need to... um, just go full steam ahead and you can't give up. It's go, You're going to face a lot of challenges. You're going to face a lot of uh, things that come your way. And there's a lot of other people that do it. So it's hard to do. There, there's a ton of other people involved in the industry. And you need to make yourself, uh, you need to separate yourself from the others. Yeah, absolutely. What's the best way for our listeners to follow you and learn more about you and what you're doing in all your different ventures? Yeah, if you want to follow me and see all my crazy posts and all my cool cars and things I buy, which I probably shouldn't be buying, <laughs> you can follow me on at Enthusiast Garage on on Instagram. That's okay. my personal account. That's where you are. And obviously, also, there's a Collector's Car Garage website that I'll put as a link on Carter's show notes page here, Cars Yeah, as well. I'd encourage you to check that out as well. Pretty cool place that you get to hang out with most. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Most definitely. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Carter has shared with us today on CarsYad.com. Just type Carter in the search bar or Carter Kelly Kramer. K. Kramer is his last name, and you'll find his show notes page. Hey, Carter, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. Take care. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!